bread and butter pudding. Yes. What is rice pudding? Thank you. Vom. Another beige <laughs> option. <laughs> Sorry about it for those who chose it before. <laughs> You're beige. Um, <laughs> you need some colour in your life. Let the play. Let the play. Let the play. Let the play. Save it in the memories. Save the curiosity. Swim to you. Serving up goodbyes. Welcome back to Lick the Plate. I'm your host, Cameron Bernard Jones. Melissa Nettleford is an industry big sister of mine and a dear, dear friend. A self-proclaimed global citizen of diverse artistic and cultural experiences, she's of Grenadian heritage, resides in West London, and predominantly works in musical theater. So the original idea was for Melissa and I to cook lunch together at my home, but, well, things took a slight detour. Here's the tea on all of that. So I'm so glad you came down all the way down to South, South, South London from West London. Um, There was a bit of an ordeal. Yeah, there was. Yes. I was trying to be a really good friend and I was like, you know what? I'm going to come around. I'll bring some ingredients and we'll make a meal together because that's what we're talking about, right? Food. (laughs) And uh, TFL had other plans. (laughs) I was stuck on the tube for about 47 minute delay, I think it was in the end on the Piccadilly line. Just to get to central London so I could get here, but I made it. <laughs> so what did you end up bringing? I ended up bringing, um, we were going to do a pasta dish. I bought some wholemeal pasta, uh, a tomato-based sauce, uh, olives and aubergine and red onion. I was just going to kind of mash it all up together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we ended up having something different, but similar. Um I made a pasta dish with conchiglie shells. And uh, because you're a pescatarian, I was like, okay, I can use some tuna and capers and olives, which is like one of my favorite combinations. Those three ingredients with a tomato sauce or a pesto sauce. So I actually decided to put both in. I used uh, the passata that we had, as well as a sun-dried tomato uh, red pesto. And yeah, we had a salad and, you know... When life throws you lemons, you make a different pasta dish. Exactly. I was literally like, Cameron, you need to cook for me. <laughs> Sorry about it. <laughs> well, we technically shared the kitchen space anyway. You you helped put some things on the table yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah. there was some joint effort there. So I'm just glad yeah. that you could just come down to my new home and, and be in the space. No, of course. Thank yeah. you for inviting me. Yeah. I think eating and cooking is such a community thing. And... It's so important to me because one of the things that I wanted getting this new place was like, I want a kitchen big enough to host. Mm -hmm. And of course, like people flock to the kitchen whenever they visit. And so I just wanted that. And so to have very special people in my life like you to come down and just be in the space, whether we make a whole meal together. I mean, that can happen at another time. Yeah, sure. Or just you being (laughs) being there uh, is really special. So thank you. No, of course. That's what it's all about. I feel like, you know. What makes a a meal is the love that goes into it or who's made it for you mm-hmm. rather than the dish itself sometimes. Yeah, exactly. So we worked together in the show South Pacific down in Chichester. Mm-hmm. 
And that was our first time really spending a lot of time together. And I remember one of the first things we did on the first day that we arrived was that we went to Giggling Squid, was it? Yes, yes, Giggling Squid. Yeah. Yes. The Thai restaurant, which is a chain um, in certain parts of the country. And I think that whole trip is when I realized, oh, yeah, this woman loves food just like I do. <laughs> and I just love all the moments we have, whether it be at the supermarket shopping for, uh, for, for groceries and produce or the countless restaurants we went to in Chichester, which I feel like helped us survive. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Basically planning the whole day around the next meal. Yeah. Pretty much. Which is what I do on a daily basis yes. anyway. Um, but what got you into food? What got you into cooking? Did you always love it since you were a child? Tell me all about that. Well, I think just coming from uh, parents that are from the Caribbean, is you know, in the culture, everything is food there's always food in the house you there's no way you would go to someone's house and not have something to offer you know um and my mum would always be cooking up something in the kitchen and it'd be a mixture of like caribbean stuff or you know or some of the traditional english stuff um but i've always just had a really open mind to food as well um some of my other siblings are not so open-minded with stuff but I was the one child and my parents always said like you could take Melissa anywhere she'll adapt and she'll eat whatever Ooh. or she'll at least try it anyway yeah um yeah so I feel like I would like to cook more than I actually do mm. but I live alone so sometimes you know when you're cooking lots of meals as much as you'd like to when it's just for a meal for one sometimes you feel like ah that's Maybe a bit too extravagant or too much faff. But Mm. one of my favorite things I must say is like, if you have a whole day, especially on a Sunday, it likes, it's an event. I like cooking when I have time to do it. Yeah. Not quick meals. Like give me two, three hours. (laughs) (laughs) Literally like you're watching the Netflix while you do, okay, while I'm watching this, I'll slowly prep. (laughs) What do I need? (laughs) Then I'll just do this and this, you know, like something you can whack in the oven and cook slowly. For me, that's the best. What know? would be a dish that you would make? Oh, on a Sunday? Yeah. Oh, well, I'm pescatarian, so no more meat life for me. Mm. Um, but way back when, when I was eating meat, it would be always, you know, the equivalent of, a, I guess, a Sunday roast. But I'm also a big fan of anything that you can put in one pot, you know, like a stew, as I said. Something that you can whack loads of different ingredients in and just be like, okay, what can I make and just let it just simmer and do it, do its own thing. Mm. And slowly taste it as you go along and just like, oh, no, maybe it needs a bit of this, a bit of that. So, yeah, I don't know if it's a specific dish. I think it's just something that takes time slowly, slow cooking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. You're a woman after my own heart because I love the prepping of, of vegetables especially. Mm-hmm. Oh, that alone is a huge joy to me. My husband, on the other hand, hates it. So we are two completely different types of cooks in the kitchen. But I remember, especially back in 2020 in the pandemic, when I had all the time in the world, mm-hmm. and I would make, oh, let's say like a ratatouille. You have loads of vegetables. And my thing would be to put all the vegetables on the counter with the chopping board and take a picture of that. So like okay. my mise en place, it's like, okay, I just love the sight of all the things that 
are about to be prepared mm-hmm. together in one picture. And then I'd be, you know, I chopped them up and I take pictures of that. So I'd say maybe it took like three hours. <laughs> Okay, you definitely beat me. <laughs> and I don't tend to take pictures of my process, but each to their own. <laughs> but I know what you mean. Sometimes it's even just seeing a different colour. Yeah. Like for me, there's nothing worse than having a meal and it's like, it's beige. It might taste really great, but it looks really beige. Mm. I like to have colour on my plate. Exactly. So it's also like, oh, what else can I add just to, you know, just to spice it up somehow, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm not a, just a salt and pepper girl. I need... Oh, the spices. I like my spices. Definitely an island girl at heart for that. Oh, the spices. <laughs> Do you have a favorite spice? Oh, it depends. Like in a sweetness way, I love cinnamon. I put cinnamon on like everything, like on my porridge, oats and stuff in the morning. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite things, like oats, uh, some frozen fruit and some cinnamon and honey. Yeah. is my favorite. But in terms of other spices, I love pepper. Like sometimes maybe too much. <laughs> now, when you say pepper, what kind of pepper? Like hot sauce, uh-huh, you know, like uh-huh. but like the Caribbean stuff, you know, like Scotch bonnet uh, kind of <laughs> stuff. I love pepper. I, I didn't think know. I knew that. You know, that you Did love you that? that. Not. I mean, I know you love flavor, but I didn't yeah. know necessarily that you're like a hot sauce. Yeah, person. I mean, like. A little bit, you know, oh, okay. not to the point where it's like, now I can't taste my food. Okay. Some people do go to that point. Mm. Um, it also depends like on the mood and what's happening that day. Do you know I, what I mean? I see. Okay. Yeah. Like I probably wouldn't have like lots of spice before I'm going to go and do a show or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Just, okay. Just in case. <laughs> <laughs> Nuff said. <laughs> Nuff said. <laughs> But, you know, honestly, you know, thinking back to the Sunday, the day off, the treat yourself day, mm. you know, I want all the things. I want to feel all the stuff, and, yeah. you know, top that off with a glass of red wine and I'm your girl. Set. <laughs> Period. If we were to open up your fridge now, what would be in it? Ooh, veggies. Mm-hmm. Lots of veggies and probably salmon. I would say salmon is like my go-to fish uh, that I like to have. Um and then, you know, the staple stuff. I love oat milk is my thing at the moment now, mm-hmm. oat milk. And then butter, eggs, eggs. This is why I can never be vegan, ever. I've tried vegan dishes. I'm yeah. very open again to trying out all these different things. And I think it's amazing. But I like dairy products too much. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I've tried, like, obviously the alternative milks with oat milk and stuff. But I actually just like the taste yep. as well. Yeah, I feel you. And also it's that thing of like, oh, because I really love different cheeses and all the butters and stuff, like sometimes then that's an overload. So my compromise is the non-dairy milk mm-hmm. and then I can have all the cheese. Yep. <laughs> like the you same. asked me earlier, like, do you want cheese? I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can have cheese literally on everything. But sometimes, you know, when you're just thinking, oh, something's missing, just dash some cheese on Dash some cheese on it. Exactly. Exactly. Especially if you're making those, you know, meal preps and you've got to take it to work. And you know you're going to reheat it later. Oh, melted cheese on top. (laughs) (laughs) Cheese is life. And all different kinds of cheese. Christmas time. Oh, my God. Give me the, you know, the cheese spread. Mm -hmm. I'm here for it. Cheese and crackers. Are you more of a mild or strong cheese? Mm, I'd say a mixture of both. Maybe more mild. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some strong cheeses, cheeses that I'm like, the smell of enough is just like, 
probably a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. But, you know, again, pair it with some wine and you're okay. (laughs) (laughs) Have you noticed I like wine, everyone? (laughs) So you recently went to Thailand. Yes. Did you eat your way through that entire holiday? Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, Thailand was amazing. It was most probably one of the best holidays I've ever had. And it's just so wonderful, like, the options you have vegetarian-wise, um, or even for vegans and stuff that, you know, there's lots of different options. Loads of, you know, for those meat eaters, lots of different meats that you could try as well. I wouldn't be as adventurous probably with some of the stuff. But, and it was just food everywhere just so accessible and so cheap yeah and we actually did a thai cooking class in one of the days as well because we um i went with another mutual friend of ours toyan who was on an episode yes check that episode oh, out oh i didn't know that okay <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah so we went with like a a travel group which is really great because i've never been to that side of the world before so i definitely recommend if you ever wanted to do those kind of trips and just have a tour guide take you around and um, so in a lot of the trips and stuff, they kind of had set places where we would go to eat where they knew locals and stuff. So we really felt like we tasted the actual local food rather than going to like maybe commercial restaurants where, you know, maybe loads of people that have just come to visit would always go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And we did a cooking class as well. So we learned like basic things of like how to make a, so like a, is it? tom yum soup and things mm. like that and it's so simple it's just getting those right ingredients obviously but it was amazing we had like a competition and everything we didn't win but <laughs> <laughs> but it's just so nice it's just like you can just tell as well like looking at the ingredients and even smelling it like it's just so different from here um everything's just so fresh mm. and just so fragrant with everything, it's just like, yeah, the fragrance is just more intense. Even with things like, you know, like lemongrass and stuff, it's just... Yeah. It's not even near your nose and you f- you feel that aroma. It's that's, amazing. That's what I, I, I want to experience. The smells of all the different things that are just grown there and, and mm-hmm. produced there. That's... Oh. Have you ever made something that you learned there once you came back? <laughs> No, (laughs) it's really bad because I actually have a booklet from the cooking class Mm -hmm. at home. But have I attempted to make it? No, 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 not not yet. Okay. Well, when you You do, let me know. You can hold me to ransom for that. I will do that one day on a Sunday. (laughs) I've been too busy. I know that's right. You have been too busy. You really too much of the cooking is just meal prep life, which is not cute. But we try. Yeah, we try. But yeah, you have to go to Thailand. You will love it. I I know I will. Uh, I saw even just the pictures alone that I saw of you and Toya, and I thought, oh, I want to be there. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you can just taste what mm-hmm. you could have possibly had. Uh, so for now, I'm just going to have to stick to the Thai restaurants that are here in London <laughs> <laughs> until I make that trip out. Yes, yes. Do you have a favorite Thai dish? Ooh, I think... Thai green curry. Mm. 
I like with prawns. You know, I love my prawns. I know you do. Yeah, the prawns. It's one of the one of the classics. Yeah, the Thai green curry. Yeah. I want to play a game with you. I knew there was going to be some kind of game or test. I said this to him before we started recording. Is there going to be a test? I don't know how I feel about it. (laughs) (laughs) No test. Okay. It's just a game I like to call Diner's Choice. Okay. So it's a this or that situation. Right. This Diner's Choice game is a comfort food edition. So... The first thing for you is pad thai or Thai fried rice? Thai fried rice. Mmm, I would not have guessed that. There you go. Please tell me why. I don't know. Pad thai is one of those ones, I think, because I've tasted some bad ones, mm. it can throw me a little bit. And also, I think sometimes doing dishes with, because pad thai has more like the nutty flavor, isn't it? I think mm-hmm. sometimes if if it's too much peanut in it, it destroys it for me. Okay. Yeah. And fried rice, again, it's one of those things that just feels like everything in one pot, bam, 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 do yeah. it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My kind of meal. <laughs> one pot dish, yes. <laughs> you know, like a you know, stir fry kind of thing, you know? Thai curry or Indian curry? Thai curry. Okay. That was really difficult because I actually had an Indian on the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, yeah, Thai curry, I think. Lentil dal or chickpea curry? Ooh. Lentil dal. And I actually feel like I've become quite good at making one, actually. That's one of the things on my list. I read lentil dal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like with a tomatoey base kind of style dal. Is it is it long to make? No, not that long. But again, it's one of those ones. Simmer, take okay. your time to make it. Okay, I'll share. I'll share it with you. Please do. But it's yeah. one of my favorite things. Yeah, to eat. and it's like got coconut milk and stuff in it as well. Sold. <laughs> but yeah, mushroom risotto or prawn risotto? You kidding me with these? Uh, it's gonna have to be prawns, just because I love prawns. Mm. Prawns risotto. Butternut squash soup or French onion soup? Butternut squash soup. A veggie Wellington or veggie shepherd's pie? Oh. I think shepherd's pie, veggie shepherd's pie, maybe. Pizza or pasta? Pasta. Mashed potatoes or french fries? Probably mashed potatoes. It's very seldom that I have fries, but every now and then I'm just like, oh yeah, I want some chips. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, mashed potato. But I, I, I prefer sweet potato mash. Okay. What about in fries form? Standard potato, white potato, or... Probably, yeah, standard white potato, I think. Okay. Yeah. Even though I do like a sweet potato wedge every now and then. But if I'm really going to do fries, sometimes it's that, you know, that guilty thing, had a really trash day, and I'm like, McDonald's. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Didn't expect you to say that. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't happen very often. Yeah. But, you know, we all have moments mm-hmm. where we're just like, you finish work at 10.30, and you're like, wow, damn. <laughs> I'm going to walk a bit longer and go buy a McDonald's and get me some fries. Because <laughs> that's the only thing that's going to save this day. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah. I, I've not eaten a McDonald's for a decade. Good. Don't. It's awful. It's trash. But 
I feel like I I try to find other places that are adjacent <laughs> to get my trash bit of fries. Um, yeah, like a, yeah. See, the thing is, McDonald's is a convenience, isn't it? Yeah. Or maybe I'm just lazy. I don't know. I mean, you could go to like <laughs> what Five Guys because their fries are really good. True. Can you just buy fries from there? I don't know. That. I think so. I don't know. Because I'm not even sure that Five Guys do like a vegan option of a burger and things like that. Oh, no, absolutely not. Yeah, see, that's why I don't even think about looking in Five Guys. The most vegan thing they have in Five Guys are their peanuts. You know, yeah. the bushels of peanuts that they have yeah, in there yeah. and the peanut oil that they use to cook their fries. <laughs> it's like, that's <laughs> it. You're getting beef and potato. Yeah. <laughs> macaroni and cheese or cauliflower cheese? <sighs> macaroni and cheese. Thank you. <laughs> I think by now you all know that I have a personal vendetta out against cauliflower and cauliflower cheese. Um, I think it's horrible. So it's not a good veg. It's not a good. Say it again. Like even when you're, co- it's not a good veg. <laughs> even when you're cooking it, it just it smells rank. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like, and it, and it's beige. You remember we were talking about the color? Yeah. <laughs> it's literally white. <laughs> And the opposite of that, <laughs> chocolate mousse or hot chocolate to drink? Hot chocolate. Dang, I really thought I knew what your preferences would be. Really? Yes. Have you got them all wrong? Not all wrong. But most. The, not most. Just. <laughs> <laughs> but the special ones like this, okay. I was like, surely Melissa is a chocolate mousse. Why would you say mousse? I'm intrigued. Because it's decadent. Like me. And and <laughs> yes, and just, oh, just, mm. But I guess hot chocolate can also be decadent. Yeah. Yeah. If you get a really good one. You have to get a really good one. hard to find. Yeah. It's hard to find. Hotel Chocolat make a really good I one. I haven't tried this. Oh. I mean, you can buy their machine, the Velvetizer, and do it on your own. Not doing that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if you ever go to Hotel Chocolat, uh, definitely get a hot chocolate from there. Mm-hmm. It's... Amazing. Molten chocolate brownie or sticky toffee pudding? Sticky toffee pudding, I think. Does that surprise you as well? Do you think? Or are you sure about it? Sometimes with, okay, with some chocolate-based stuff, sometimes I find it's too rich. Mm -hmm. And that's what throws me off a bit about chocolate-based things. You know, sometimes it's just overly sweet. Mm -hmm. Um. But then toffee is as well. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. not helping myself here, am I? I don't know. I just feel like if that was on the menu, I probably would pick sticky toffee pudding. I don't know why. Maybe mm. that's just the English side of my life coming out. I don't know. It could be. Because it's, it's a very English pudding, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Because like before coming here, I never had it. Mm. And so when I first tried it, I thought, oh my gosh, this is so sweet. So sweet. And then to have ice cream on the side, I was like, it was overload. But through the years, I've gotten mm-hmm. more used to it. It's not the first thing I would pick, which might sound yeah. crazy because I I know loads of people who is their favorite dessert in the entire world. Um, but I would prefer the the chocolate molten brownie or pudding or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm used to it. Yeah, but I don't know. I've tried so many brownies that are really sweet as well. So maybe that I just have that in my head. Mm. I don't know. I guess it's cultural. Maybe. Bread and butter pudding or rice pudding? Bread and butter pudding. Yes. What is rice pudding? Thank you. 
Vom. Another beige <laughs> option. <laughs> Sorry about it for those who chose it before. <laughs> You're beige. Um, <laughs> you need some colour in your life. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't do beige food. I'm sorry, Cameron. <laughs> He's like, Melissa, please stop. No, please keep going. Our time is limited. We can't just be cackling the whole of this episode. It's not what the people want to hear. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Lastly, mm-hmm. even though it's beige in color. Okay. Apple crumble or apple pie? Oh, I think I'm going to say apple crumble only because that would be the way that my mum would do it. Mm. Always is it apple crumble. Can you tell me how she would make it? Have you seen her make it? Yeah, because it's like you make the crumble with brown sugar. And I think it's just a whole process that you could really get dig in with your hands, isn't it? Mm. And crumble it all up. And yeah, and then when you put it in the oven, you could just see it's kind of spewing everywhere, the apple, isn't it? Yeah. It's something really more homemade about that than uh, trying to do a nice covering of the pie. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, it's a mess, but it's okay. Yeah. Something quite endearing about that. Hot mess on a plate. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I think crumble. What are some of your favorite comfort foods? Oh, I mean, now when the weather's turning, it's like soups and stews and things mm. like that. Um, yeah, something that's just going to make you feel like, oh, warm, warm inside. Um, so, yeah, any kind of soup. I like to make soups from home. I'm actually thinking about I should get a, a soup maker. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine has them, uh, has one of them and she swears by it. And again, it's another thing that you can literally open a fridge, go, what veggies need to be used out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And chuck it all in and you can make something wonderful from it. You know, sometimes people look at veg and they're like, oh, does it look beautiful? That's done. No. No. Chuck it all in and make a good soup. And it will just sort you out anytime that you feel a little bit sniffly under the weather. And again, pepper, put the pepper in there. You put the pepper, put <laughs> a bit the of pepper ginger in. in your in your soups as well. Yeah, a good a good soup. It's such a comfort. And just even that feeling of like putting it near your face and just like you're feeling the warmth and it's like, mm, mm. lovely with some nice, maybe some sourdough bread or something like that. If I were to come over, what stew or soup would you make? Oh, what veggies I've got in the fridge, Jay? <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know what? My mum used, and I haven't mastered it yet, but mum used to make a really good pumpkin soup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never tried maybe, a pumpkin maybe soup. Maybe we could try and make a pumpkin soup one time. I don't know. I'm trying to remember if she... I have a feeling that she would put the pumpkin in, roast it in the oven first for a little bit to make okay. it soften it up. And then start using it as a base in a soup, if that makes sense. So would it be close to like a butternut squash soup Yes, situation? I would say vibe. But then, you know, like the Caribbean style, like with provision for those who don't know provision like yams and dasheen um even green banana and then our version of dumplings obviously there's dumplings is 
different version all over the world, isn't it? Yeah. That kind of dumplings that's just literally water, flour and salt pretty yeah, much. Yeah. And you can make them into loads of different shapes. Yeah. And that used to be our job as kids. We you help make the dumplings and maybe be like round little discs or just be like little, I don't know how to call it. I guess little cylinder kind yeah. of shape. Fingers of dumplings, chuck that in the soup. That sounds yeah. amazing. Oh, so many memories. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I wish is... I learned, I wish I paid a bit more attention though when my mum was cooking to learn some dishes a bit more. Mm-hmm. But I definitely remember with things like that. And that's probably why I got the crumble in my head as well is things that you probably would be allowed to kind of help with and get messy. Yeah. You know, make it fun. It's supposed to be fun. And I think that's what's so difficult sometimes. I think in the world that we live in now as well, like everything has to be done in such a rush that it takes the joy out of it. Yeah. 100%. It takes the joy out of it. And then you can't even, en- you don't even enjoy the meal half the time. Exactly. Because you know it's been rushed. Yeah. That's why you need five hours, as you said. Exactly. <laughs> I was about to say this is why. And then once you finish that meal, you need to start thinking about the next meal already. Yeah. <laughs> See, like, it's not just me. No. I'll be eating lunch and literally thinking, hmm, what do you want for dinner? And sometimes I'll, Sometimes I'll ask my husband that and he'll be mm-hmm. like, we haven't even finished lunch. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not the point. <laughs> yeah. If you want it done right, we need to think about it now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're bringing me back to times of watching my, my parents or grandparents in the kitchen and just not necessarily teaching like a teacher would to a student, mm-hmm. but just being there in the space and watching and smelling and tasting and then somehow that just being that just permeates throughout your whole body and your in your mind and it, it it stays with you or even if you might not remember a specific recipe you kind of remember oh you have visions of oh i remember when my grandmother would make dumplings and this is how mm-hmm. she would do it or my dad stood at the grill like he would, you know, do this and that with the charcoal and et cetera. And so mm-hmm. whenever I'm cooking and I'm kind of stuck, I really have to like dig back in the memory. And I might not get the exact thing, but it at least aids in the inspiration and the preparation of it. Yes. Um, so that, you know, you can make something that has love and has soul with it. Mm-hmm. You know, And as you said, it conjures up so many memories. Like just when you were describing that, I was thinking as well, like another comfort thing. But obviously, I feel like it's something you don't really make here or I can't really make here. But like in Grenada, we have oil down. I don't know if you've ever tried an oil down. No, I've not. So this is another big thing that's kind of like, a, I guess, like a stew. But it becomes like almost like a family event. So I have this very clear memory. I mean, we've done this a few times as a family. This is very much from my mum's side in Grenada. But the most recent memory, uh, I think it was a few years ago when we were there. And it's like you get this big kind of pot, you know, this steel silver pots. Mm-hmm. And you take it to the beach. So we have a full beach day. And then we brought this big pot. And then my uncles have gone out maybe doing fishing or whatever they go to see whatever they can catch out there they bring that back and we got all the different provision and you're putting it all in the pot it's like coconut milk kind of based stuff bit of uh greens and spinach and things like that and it's all cooked together slowly on a fire on the beach and you have things like breadfruit in there i love breadfruit oh my god like so again you know this is 
provisions and vegetables that are like within season. So it obviously depends on the time of the year. And that would just be cooked slowly on the beach. Mm. And it would just be me and my cousins in the sea, in and out of the sea. We're like, oh, is it ready yet? Like, and I remember, yeah, this one event. And at one point, we, me and my cousins, you know, my grandma, my aunties and uncles were doing all that with the cooking. And we were in the sea and we were having beers in the sea and it started raining and we were just like, this is awesome. <laughs> just warm rain, drinking a beer in the sea while the food's been made for like for how many hours on the beach. And we just spend the whole day on the beach. The whole, whole day. That and it might be one of those things that people come at different times and they've brought different stuff and you just chuck it all in the one pot, you know, and it makes a huge meal for like how many people can you describe the flavors of an oil down? So obviously it's like coconut based with a coconut milk and stuff like that. And probably probably even fresh coconut because, you know, in Grenada, you can just pick that off the tree on the beach, mm. you know. Um, so the flavors, oh God, I'm trying to think. Again, there'll be some kind of spices and stuff in there. And it's, it's kind of creamy. As I say, it's kind of stewy, but yeah, it's just creamy and... Um, Oh, I don't know how to describe it. I don't know. It just makes me feel happy though. Mm. <laughs> just makes me feel really happy. And like all the provision and vegetables you put in it, like it all really softens down. Yeah. So it's just, it goes down really, really well. And you can put dumplings and stuff in it as well if you want. But mm. it's just that idea of like, just doing it all on a beach, like very old school, like make a fire, make it happen. Savoring the memories, sipping curiosities, spilling tea and serving up good vibes. Another thing that I know and love about you is your connection to spirituality and mm -hmm. and emotional well-being and spiritual well-being. What inspired you to really tap into all that? Oh, that's a good question. I think we're always, as as human beings anyway, on a quest for what it is that we need to be happy, like, you know, the quest of happiness and what does that mean? And I think that's different things for different people. And I think when I go back and, you know, even five years prior to now, I think what I thought made me happy is completely different to what it is now. So I think it was just that quest of kind of finding that balance in myself of being like, who am I being comfortable in my own skin? Because mm. believe it or not, I mean, does it come across like this at all right now? But it's because I'm talking to your lovely self. Quite a shy person, definitely like as a teenager and stuff growing up, I was so shy, so introvert. I still think I'm quite an introvert. You know, it depends who I'm around, yeah. if I could feel like I could be authentically myself. But also in the last couple of years, I'm definitely more of that, take it or leave it. You don't have to like me. I'm okay. Yep. But again, it's because I've gone through that whole experience um, and even spiritually. And, and, and I think there's always been moments in my younger life as well. God, I'm making it sound like I'm ancient. <laughs> but you know what I mean? When you, I've had experiences or things come to me in dreams and stuff and I've gone, oh, I feel like I have a connection with that kind of spiritual side, but been scared of it. Yeah. And the last few years, and I guess it would have been in the build-up a little bit to uh, before my mum passed, um, I think that's made me open myself more, though. Mm. I'm wanting to just kind of know, well, yeah, there's more than just what's happening 
right now there's more than to this life of rushing around and working and trying to book this job and that job and you know like we we're just saying like the meal prep life you know there's more there's more to that so much you know? more and it's like i don't want to be just existing you know there's more in us there's so much more in, in us that we don't even know mm. like isn't it like you might remember i swear there's something about like there's a certain percentage of our brain that we don't even use oh yeah exactly which is insane insane you would think by now we would have developed all these <laughs> you know these things to tap into it but i think again it's that thing of fear yeah almost of tapping in and a really good friend of mine one of my best friends tafik he introduced me into like all the crystals and things like that and he's definitely gone on a different like spiritual journey and opened himself up to different you know, like Buddhism and stuff like that, like tried different things. So through him as well, I feel like it's kind of opened my eyes a little bit. Yeah. Um, and it's so interesting that, like, you know, I have a thing about crystals. Yeah. Now. And the minute you start getting involved in it, you start to see loads of other people around you that do it yep. too. But sometimes people just don't openly talk about it. No, isn't it's that so crazy? In- it's so interesting. But again, it's that thing of like, these are natural things that come from the earth. Mm-hmm. They've always been here. Yeah. Why is it not a thing? Why are we not talking about it? Do you know what I mean? And sometimes I go to myself, okay, I wear a crystal. I've got a crystal on today, of course. And it's like, maybe it's just something in my head that I just go, oh, because I've got this on, now I feel fine. But I'm like, if it works, why am I even questioning it? Exactly. It's, a, it's made from the earth. It's here for a reason. You know, just tapping into that. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I think it's just... It was just coming across that whole thing of fear of knowing who I really am. Um, and what am, I, what am I here for? What do I really want? Which I'm still trying to figure out. I think we all are. Anyone who says that they're complete grown up and they've got everything tied down and they know exactly what they're doing and 100% happy, lies. <laughs> <laughs> lies. <laughs> I really think it's lies. But... Um, yeah, and it's so interesting because once you open yourself up to that, like I've met people like yourself that are also on that same, like, yeah, that same kind of journey. Yeah. It's so interesting. It is interesting. And now I feel like I'm surrounded by a pool of people that I really want to be around. Yeah. And you feel like you could be yourself. It just feels comfortable. Like, I don't know if you've ever experienced that sometimes, you know, especially when you, I guess when you're younger again, and you're still trying to discover yourself and even how your body's changing and things like that, you could be surrounded by so many so-called friends, but feel so uncomfortable. And it's like, whoever like, you know, the it girl of the group is like, this is what we're doing now. And you're going along with it, but mm-hmm. you know, deep down in your soul, like this feels uncomfortable as hell, yeah. but you do it anyway. And you it's like, it anyway. why? I oh, it resonates uh, 100% I've been there even recently you know in, in the recent past as a 30 something year old human being and it was a point I just had to say this has to stop this has mm-hmm. to change yes and the minute that I made that decision whoo the freedom that came with that right and like you said I am now at a place where I'm like, I show up. This is me. You take it or you leave it. Yeah. And it's really, it's, it's what inspired me to do this podcast as well, because I decided, well, I'm just going to talk about, deal with the things that I like, mm-hmm. that I love. And naturally, the people that will come along the journey with me, 
will be people who naturally mm-hmm. love the things that I love as well. And it doesn't come forced. It, you know, it it's just organic. Yes. And a topic like food for me is very spiritual. It's tied to ancestry. Mm-hmm. Things of the earth. It's so interesting. We use food, things that come from the earth, Mm -hmm. to nourish us. And so something like crystals, which also come from the earth, to me, makes a lot of sense to also nourish a human being Mm -hmm. in a different type of way. 100%. Through the mind, through the soul, Mm -hmm. as does food and food memories. So I think they are so connected. 100%. It's part of, you know, like the food thing again, to go back to that, it's, you know, it's part of where you come from. As you said, like, it'll be meals that you've grown up with, but that would have come from how many generations back that they discovered this way of making it, you know, because again, with food, there's no right and wrong, is there? I think the best meals is just like, you know what, I'm going to try a bit of a dash of that and see what that's like. Do you know what I mean? It's it's messy. It's not, you know, perfect, but it's because people would have, gone along this journey and added different things and then you'll get to a certain generation be like this is it now and then it gets passed on and on and on Mm. and on and it lives it lives through you so even when you're gone yeah someone else would have made it and be like oh you know what that came from grandpa cameron (laughs) (laughs) do you know what i mean like it's yeah and i and i think that's what it is it's about the the love that's put into making that meal rather than the dish itself, like I said at the beginning, you know, it really is that sometimes. And yeah. um, even when you go to restaurants, though, that's the, that's the thing, isn't it? Sometimes it's also the the whole ambiance of it and yeah. like the whole treat um, feel of it. But we don't tend to do that so much just on a normal day to day. It's nope. just like, I just got to make a quick meal and, you know. And I've noticed as well, like the more that I try to allow space and time to make proper meals for myself even if it is the quick meal prep but just a conscious effort about what am i putting in there or maybe adding something a little bit extra that i know i really like it fuels me in a different way yeah. i have more energy um yeah it digests better yep it's something about like is don't get me wrong it's all nice going out for a meal and all that stuff but sometimes when it's made by someone else it i don't know because you don't know what oils they're using things like that you know mm-hmm. let's not even talk about the energies that surround that person yes you don't know <laughs> what kind of day they were having when they were making Hello. that meal you can taste these things you know? and, and also like yeah if you go around to someone's house and again it's that thing of like not feeling comfortable around certain groups of people you might be sharing a meal with that person and be like, I, I can't enjoy this meal. Mm-hmm. As, as delicious as it could be. Crazy, right? It's all about the things we can see and the things we necessarily cannot see. The, mm-hmm. the, you know, these these energies and, and the whole idea of the soul being involved in, in food and the eating experience. That, yeah. Yeah. And we're so fortunate that we have so many things, as you said, that just comes from the earth. Mm-hmm. To keep us going. Yeah. You know, of course, it's amazing. We've got all this technology here and we're chatting and everyone can hear about it. But like, you know, there's, there's so many simple things in life that we have so like readily available and we just don't even think about it. Yeah. You know, and yeah, like our hands can do amazing things. We can make something out of nothing. 
That's all for this episode with Melissa, but I want to extend so much gratitude to Melissa for spending the time with me and for sharing so much of her story through food and her own spirituality. To learn more about Melissa, you can follow her on Instagram at Melissa Nettleford. You can follow Lick the Plate on Instagram and TikTok at Lick the Plate Podcast. Remember to please spread the word about Lick the Plate to those you know. Also, please give a rating and or review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And don't forget to subscribe. All information can be found in the episode description. This is your host, Cameron, reminding you to savor your memories and sip your curiosities. And if you decide to spill the tea, remember to serve it up with some good vibes on the side. See you next time for another episode of Lick the Plate.